Good morning, everyone. It is Neon and Beyond. Thank you for taking the time as we get you up close and personal with all the great things that continue to happen here in Las Vegas, Southern Nevada, Clark County, and the greatest state ever. That is Nevada. Neon and Beyond will also get you in touch on ways to volunteer. If you have an organization that has something coming up, please, I'd love to hear from you. It's Steph. S-T-E-P-H at point, P-O-I-N-T 97.com. And of course, if you're looking for assistance, always trying to find great ways to help you get that as we continue here this morning. All right. My next guest from Safe Nest. Very excited to have them back on the show. Haven't talked to them for a while. The one and only CEO from Safe Nest, Liz Ortenberger. Good morning, Liz. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. Thanks. It's been a while. So it's nice to touch base this morning. Absolutely. Also in October, it is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And with the pandemic, through the pandemic, on the other side of the pandemic, you guys really, your your need, the service for the people that have this need have been absolutely just incredibly out of control, I think. I, I'm sorry to say it that way, but it's true. We've talked to you guys a lot. And there's a lot that goes on with SafeNest. So let's start there with what you guys are and how long you've been here in Southern Nevada. Absolutely. So SafeNest is an agency dedicated to ending the epidemic of domestic violence in Clark County, Nevada. We've been doing this work since 1977, and we really have divided the work up into three pretty clear buckets, prevention, protection, and empowerment. Uh, And we work with um, not only survivors of domestic violence, but also perpetrators of domestic violence and kids that are affected by domestic violence in our community. And it is men and women. I know some people, they're always just women, but it is men and women. You guys are seeing it all the way around, correct? Absolutely. Men, women, and uh, gender non-binary individuals come into all of our services. So we serve the entire population and pets. We take uh, pets in our shelter program as well. And because of the pandemic, the need and domestic violence, we saw that rise quite a bit. What happened through it and what is going on now with domestic violence? Have you seen it decrease? Yeah. So first, let me say before the pandemic, Clark County, Nevada is was already ranked in the top five most dangerous places in the country for women being murdered by men. So that, you know, we were already at very high domestic violence rates and particularly very high lethality. And then when the pandemic hit, what we saw was, um, you know, we had spikes on some days where we were 150% over our normal call volume on our hotline. Certainly our requests for um, our confidential shelter, those we've been running that program at pretty much 100% above capacity um, for the last, at least the last six months, but it's been a little bit longer than that. And then all of our other services that we think of as non-crisis services, so services that like our counseling service and our court advocacy services and our overall case management services have been up 50%. Um, and wow. what we're starting to see is, as you know, leveling out uh, as, as it was, is a sustained 20% above pre-pandemic levels of domestic violence. So certainly, um, you know, 
we are proud that SafeNest not only stayed open but expanded during the pandemic in most of our program areas because the need was great, and um, we were able to do that. That was um, thanks to a lot of um, good financial planning on our part and um, some of the CARES Act money that came into the community. But it, we are, uh, I don't think we're through it. You know, when we look at our predictive analytics and forecasting around domestic violence rates, I think we're going to we're going to see elevated domestic violence rates as a community um, for the next three to five years, and and again, we had record high dom- domestic violence before the pandemic. Right. We we are um, we are under resourced in the space of supporting this community and handling this epidemic. So that has been our last eighteen months. Uh, <clears throat> and you know, when we talk, I guess I always have so many questions of like. How do we help? Like, how do we decrease this? What do we do? Absolutely. So I'm calling attention to one specific thing that friends and family can do this October, because I know it, you know, it it feels very daunting when I give some of these numbers, right? Like 100,000 911 calls in Clark County for domestic violence every year, right? That feels to me like, I mean, I know what SafeNest can do in that space, but as folks that aren't, you know, sitting in this seat every day thinking about how to end domestic violence... Here is what folks can do in their own community, in their own circle. Friends and family members cannot turn a blind eye to bullying behavior in the relationships that they see. So what I'm talking about is like at the family picnic or as we're getting ready for the holidays, at Thanksgiving, all these kinds of family get-togethers or maybe a group of family members are out at a bar chit-chatting, whatever the case may be. If you are witnessing bullying by one family member to their partner, um, that needs to be addressed. And so here's how you do that, because you don't address this in front of the group. You have a private conversation with the person, at it, it, uh, like down the road, right? You may call them the next day and say, hey, can we get together, just you and I, and have a cup of coffee or whatever the right context is, and say, hey, I'm concerned about what I'm seeing. This behavior is concerning to me when I see you using demeaning language or whatever the behavior is that you witnessed, address it. Because here's what happens in a batterer's mindset. I'm using behavior, bullying behavior against my partner in a family context. Nobody addresses it. I'm now emboldened to do it more. Because what doesn't get corrected gets condoned. And here's what I'll tell friends and family members is you are saving that abuser from really a lot of stress in the future because as soon as Metro's called out and there is an arrest, now we're engaged with the justice system. Now we're looking at job loss. Now we're looking at all of the other negative elements that can be associated to that domestic violence. And it's been proven time and time again, the most potent person to point out an abuser's behavior and have change um, happen before there's an intersection with the justice system is a respected friend or family member. So there's the one thing we all can do. And I don't, don't want to water down. These are difficult conversations to have. This is, um, you know, these are uncomfortable. What happens in a relationship, we sort of say, well, that's kind of, you know, that, but that's between them. So what I'm talking about is when you, when you personally witness that bullying behavior, that's one avenue. The other avenue there is if somebody in the family says, I'm being abused, talk to them. Talk to them privately. Ask them what is going on. 
believe them because what also happens in a lot of very um, the, these environments that can become very toxic for survivors is they raise their hand saying, "Hey guys, I'm I'm being abused," or they might tell a, a trusted member of that group, "You know, I, things aren't going well in our marriage. I'm scared. I these things are happening." And and the tendency, the knee jerk reaction is, huh, "She's crazy." She's just trying to get attention, and we don't believe the survivor. And so we allow this toxic cycle to exist within our own groups. That is what every single person can do today, is address abusive, bullying behavior that you're witnessing in your own circles. That includes pejorative language around a partner or women in general that may be happening in a bar or in a friend circle. Say, hey, man, I don't think it's cool to talk to, about women like that. Right. I think, you know, women are just as important as men. Because we, when we don't fix this, we condone it. And so that's, you know, that's really my push this October is for us to stop. You know, SafeNest will have a list of, of clients from here to Carson City for forever if we don't actually start to address the root cause of this behavior and it's not the survivor it is the abuser and that can be handled privately uh, within a family unit before some of the really difficult consequences of abusive behavior when we start to intersect with police and the justice system um, take root it just, it just, I always like to know, like, what can we do and how can we help? And especially when you read the statistics, one in four women and one in seven men, mm-hmm. the statistics will show that that domestic violence is the epidemic inside the pandemic. And that, you know, is so scary. And, and we can't be scared. We've got to open our mouth. And I think when we say talk about it and have conversations, just take a deep breath and don't yep. come at someone combative or argumentative because it can make some people upset. Right, and I want to reiterate what I what I said because this is really important for people. The person who addresses the batterer, the potential batterer, person who's being accused of abuse, whatever language you want to use, the person who's addressing that individual needs to be a respected friend or family member. And um, if it's a male abuser, that conversation's generally going to go better male to male. If it's a female uh, who's perpetrating the abuse, that conversation's going to generally go better female to female. That's just a, a, a gender norm, right? Difficult conversations are sometimes easier when we're when we um, are gender aligned. If somebody who's gender non-binary or in the LGBTQIA plus plus space. Um, you're just thinking about what your relationship is and are you a respected friend or family member. So oftentimes what I, when we talk about this space, this isn't the best friend of the person who's claiming that there's abuse who maybe doesn't have any credibility with the batter. This is the brother who has credibility with the batter or the dad or um, best friend, right? It's, it's somebody that's got to be in that circle that cannot be dismissed by the batter as someone who's crazy. They don't know what they're talking about. Everybody's on her side. It's that kind of a relationship. And that's a critical piece to be yes. the right person to address it. Oh, absolutely. And with all that being said, there is, you know, another way that other people can get involved. You guys have yes. the Run for Hope, monetary we do. donations, we can drop off clothes. So how do we do all this? Absolutely, right? So uh, for um, 
all of the other things that, that you can do in that space are fantastic. So we do run a, a pretty robust donation uh, program for gently used secondhand goods. It's uh, incredibly important to the work we do in two ways. One is we screen things for what we need, and we keep those in our inventory for clients. The other is things that we don't need, uh, we monetize, and that money goes to supporting clients and the work we do in really important ways as well. Of course, monetary donations are fantastically helpful, so you can go to safenest.org and put in a monetary donation. You can also go to safenest.org and have a truck scheduled to come by your house to do a pickup of your used, gently used secondhand goods. And um, finally, you know, we have fun things coming up. So we have the Run for Hope on October 16th, which is a 5K run or a one a mile fun run. And this year we have invited dogs to join in on the fun so that they, uh, we can support our pet program. You got a lot going on. We do. We do. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, this morning, of course, we are talking with the beautiful, the one and only CEO from Safeness, Liz Ortenberger, and ways that you can help if you see the domestic abuse going on and all ways you can help to volunteer and donate great items. You can also find out more at safenest.org. And let's, before we let you go this morning, if you are that person who is in a domestic relationship and you're scared or you don't know that there's anywhere to go, how do we find help for that? Absolutely. You can call or text our hotline at 702-646-4981, or you can go to safenest.org and have a confidential chat with one of our highly trained advocates that are available 24-7 to support folks who um, need help navigating the space that they're in. And of course, October, as we are celebrating October, it's domestic violence awareness and making sure that we somehow drop these rates even before the pandemic to not be one of the scariest cities for domestic violence. I just, I pray for that, Liz. Yeah, me too. I pray and pray and pray. So safenest.org is where you need to go. Great events coming up. And again, give us the hotline information for those that are listening this morning that may need it. Yes, 702-646-4981. And you can call or text to that number. All right. And Liz, before we let you go, most important thing that you'd like everyone to remember this morning? That we can end domestic violence as a community if we just dig in and have some courageous conversations. So big courage there. Liz, I always appreciate you taking the time and, you know, shedding some light on this subject that is always so difficult and a hard one to talk about, but something that we've all got to do together. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. No problem, Liz. Have a beautiful day. Happy holidays. I get to start saying that. And don't forget safenest.org. Thanks, Thank Liz. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye.